What's up, people? You're in, listening to the Enchilada Casserole with Felipe Esparza and Lisa Esparza. That's me. What's up? Enchilada Casserole is brought to you by Enchilada Casserole. <laughs> Who's that? We haven't been here in two weeks. A yeah. lot's been going on. A lot. Um, we know. Thank you, everybody, who, who for your regards. And we did lose the the baby. Yes, we did. Baby's gone. and Unless you're um, pro-choice, you might say, well, it's only a fetus. Well, I'm <laughs> pro-choice. It was my baby, but... So people would take it to the next level, like, um, you know, actually, it wasn't really a baby, you know. Well, it, you know, it's not viable outside the womb. It's not able to live on its own. You know, without the mom. That's a, you know, that's a very personal decision and, and argument. And I don't want to get in. I don't want to go down that road because I believe what I believe. And other people who believe, you know, are pro-life and, you know, they don't want that choice available to women. That's their right to believe that too. And you can't change anybody's mind really. They have their own experiences and their own lives and their own opinions. That's fine. I'm not going to hate on anybody for their views on that. So we're trying to get through that right now because um, we did, Lisa did have um, the miscarriage, but it just took a while. I had what's called a missed miscarriage, which a, means... A missed miscarriage. Like, I'm going to have a miscarriage, but we're going to miss it. <laughs> well, it means it's, it's also known as a silent miscarriage. Usually it's chromosomal abnormalities that, that make the baby stop growing. The body decides this one's not right. So a miscarriage, for people who don't know, that's, how does that feel? Does that feel like you're having a baby or you have the same feeling as a baby? or um, well, when, did it, when did it start? Because I know like this well, week. We found, okay, so we found out uh, about a week after it died <sighs> that it had stopped growing. Um, he said it looks like it stopped growing about a week ago, you know, or two weeks ago. So then he, he wasn't too urgent about what I should do, and he left it up to me. And he said, why don't you call the office in two weeks and let us know if you want to have a DNC or you want to let it happen naturally, or I can give you some pills to make the contractions start, right? And, um, you know, I was really worried about it. I kept thinking, it was all I thought about, 
like I didn't know what to do because one, if I waited at home, everything was going to happen when it was going to happen. I had no control over when it happened. Um, but I know that those, those, uh, inducing medications that they were going to give me, I know that those cause contractions that are unrealistic. Those are the, those are the, that sort of medicine is what they give you to start your contractions when you're having stalled labor or slow labor. Uh, oxytocin or Pitocin is the synthetic form. And that women were like, oh my God, I can't control, I can't, um, handle childbirth. They, they'll get induced or they'll get a little bit drip of Pitocin and then it'll be such violent contractions. They think that's what labor normally feels like. And it's not that violently painful in most cases, unless something's wrong. So I didn't want to take those drugs because I didn't want to have to deal with that pain at home by myself. So, and I didn't want a DNC because I don't want that scarring that can happen when they scrape your uterus, which is what happens. Oh, on the DNC, was it they go in there and scrape it out? The DNC stands for dilation and curatage, and they dilate your cervix, and they go in there. The cervix is the door to the uterus, right? So they go in there with a little scalpel, and they scrape or, and suck everything out of there. Mm. Because if you have any pieces left behind, your body could get an infection. That stuff could calcify. It could cause all sorts of problems. Should have given me an extra ribbed condom with edges. What? And I could scrape it on oh, it. that's disgusting. You don't go in the uterus with your penis. Oh, that's right. It's way up there. I'll make it a hook. <laughs> like a cat. I wonder if they can have DNC for, um, pills for men who are constipated. Well, the, the pills aren't called DNC. The pills are different. Oh. It's whatever. There are two or three different medications they give you. The DNC is the operation that you have. And that that one's quick and easy because you're asleep. They put you under general anesthesia. And then uh, they do the operation. takes about 20 minutes. And then you recover for a few hours. But the possibility of scarring inside your uterus makes it dif more difficult to try again to have another baby. So the other option was to wait and see what happened. So I just waited. You waited the natural way. Yeah, because I just felt like I should just listen to my body. Okay, so... So I went crazy trying to think of ways to get, to make Jeez. my body realize what was going on. First, I started with vitamin C because if you take high doses of vitamin C, <clears throat> it makes the uterus an unpleasant place to be. You know, it makes it difficult to stick on the wall of the uterus for the placenta and everything. So, so that's the idea to get things moving once um, your body still hasn't recognized that the baby's gone. So that didn't really work. I felt a little bit of cramping here and there, but nothing serious. And so two weeks later, I was finally looking into some massage because there's an acu there are acupressure points on your body, specifically in your feet and your ankles. That's crazy, your feet. Yeah. Like you, you rub somebody's feet and you make your, your stomach contract. I always thought, I always knew that yeah, you rub a woman's feet is on. <laughs> It's certain points. It's along the back of the the sides of the ankles, like right under the ankle bone, and then there's another pressure point behind the calf, right under the calf in the back, and um, there are other points too. But you basically are getting the body to uh, start labor, to start contractions, and that's what I was going to do next. And then we had that weird experience where we went down to the Chinatown. Went to Chinatown. We go to massage. we go to his foot massage there. It's really a full body. It's twenty dollars. Twenty dollars for an hour. And they massage your whole body. I mean, it's 
First of all, you get there and you sit down, and there's water, warm water. You just soak your feet in this this bamboo bucket with plastic around but it. But it's weird because we thought it was weird when we first went in there because it's all recliner. It's like a room full of rec- recliners. Yeah, you're on next to strangers. It was packed. <laughs> but it's quiet and dark, and nobody quiet. looks at each other. No, just quiet kung fu music. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of pan food. <laughs> I do expect like steam to Me start too, rising man. from the I jungle, expect, um, get, <laughs> from the bamboo jungles. Yes, I expect like somebody come out of nowhere and go, <laughs> or somebody just jump up. Uh, no. Don't worry, he's dead. <laughs> Continue. Yeah, but it's it's called. Sp- Spobulous. It's spobulous. Like because three it's tw- A's or something. It's $25 for what? An hour. One hour. One hour. And then you give them like, we over tip. We always tip like 10 bucks a person yes. because they do fucking awesome. An hour and it's hardcore. And it's not just, your, they call it a foot massage, but they do your whole body. Man, these people. It's so good. This, this guy or dude, whatever you get, he gets his knuckle and he pulls it, he rubs <laughs> Between your toes, man. Oh, yeah. That one kills I mean, me. It makes my body like between your toes. liquefy. No one. That right there alone is my DMC right there. <laughs> that right there would make one a poop. <laughs> and then on the bottom of my ankle, my ankles and my, man, it feels good. Yeah. Depending on who you get, though, because there's, there's an Asian woman there named Edna. And let me tell you, man, the name says it all. Who give it, You don't get a massage from an Asian woman named Edna. Which is probably not her real name. No, it's none of their real names. They probably gave her that name they with a joke. Her. She her her massages are like cat paws. <laughs> they are. It was nothing. I felt nothing. It was bad. I was over there. I felt nothing. The I was there was a guy, another Asian guy right named next, Henry. You were right next to me. I forget what his name was. This but. guy was. He wanted the truth. <laughs> Because he was rubbing me hard, man. You kept saying, ah, I was oh. like, ah, all right, man. Whatever you want, man. I did I did sleep with your wife, you know? <laughs> and but I'm right next to you he's going. Threading. Oh. This guy's telling me to get the truth. <laughs> and she's over there. And I could see Lisa like, you could tell she's not relaxed, okay? Because I looked over and then she was moving. She lifted her arm up harder. <laughs> I was like raising my thumb. I went like this. <laughs> I was like increased. More and, pressure, and more and pressure. And then I thought she thought it was good job. <laughs> I had my thumb in the air. I was like, more pressure, more pressure. Because that's what they know, more pressure. They know pressure, the word pressure. Even if they don't speak very good English, they, they have certain keywords that you... I, I've had enough massages, but yeah, man, she would not... She that like, oh, okay, shit was pressure. funny, man. And you were dying next to I me like dying, in pain. Man. And I was like, man, I wish we could swap right now. I needed a better massage than this that. This girl's getting weak. me UFC hose with her fingers. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she was so weak. Uh, I felt... Oh. Now Edna's a running joke in our house. I was like, um, I had like a bunch of knots. I didn't even know about this girl finding knots yeah, inside my thumbs. You were sore for like two days. Afterwards. Oh man, but I felt good. I was like doing backflips. Anyway, that was our we we've we been to that there. place a lot of times, right? Yeah, we okay, went so, there. So to I was gonna a- yeah. So I was gonna get my birth massage. Try to encourage this to start a, a miscarriage, right? So we get there early when they open. They open. I made the appointment two days in advance, three days maybe. Friday, Friday a, for Friday. a Monday, yeah. And um, I talked to the regular booker and everything. So we show up at eleven o'clock on a Monday. I'm ready for this baby to finally drop out. Let's get moving, right? So 
we go in there and then they the guy was there the woman there was looked like yoko ono in the 60s with long hair and i didn't know i'd never seen her before and she didn't speak any english right barely she she just said um they were smoking outside first of all we never seen that before you want an appointment now and i said i have an appointment now we have two two people oh and then she looked at the book really quickly and then i don't know what she saw because i didn't see anything written down there and then she said, um, oh, now for, for which massage? And she shows me the list. I already told the massage lady what we wanted, right? I already told the booker what we wanted. Like, this is normal. I'm used to working with these people. It's not like this has ever happened before like this. It was so strange. So then I said, uh, well, yeah, we have an appointment for two people. I made the appointment on Friday for today now, 11 o'clock. Oh, and she just kept saying, oh, and then finally some other guy comes in. He's got food in his mouth. He comes in from the back like he was eating lunch. Everybody showed up. Everyone was showing up with their lunch. <laughs> yeah. like and then little. another guy walked in. Yeah, he had a bag of oranges or fruit or something he was about to chow down on. And then they're like, oh, you, you want a massage now? And I was like, yeah, well, we booked it. But if you guys aren't ready for us, we can just reschedule. You know, like I, f I got the feeling that we were not expected no right that the, nobody was on the list for this hour and we're about to have a <laughs> massage by someone who was gonna skip lunch while everybody eats <laughs> and i didn't want I that i didn't want that i didn't want to walk back because we sat there we took our but shoes you know off. what edna if it was edna she'd probably give a rough massage because she's mad <laughs> yeah she would have been mad stabbing you because be eating right now i was like i do not want this massage now i feel like i'm i'm imposing i'm ruining somebody's lunch break and uh or them getting ready for their work day i'm gonna fuck their whole day up by being here and it's, they're gonna take it out on me by giving me a shitty massage they're gonna give me short shrift like jimmy schubert said they're not gonna put in 110 percent or whatever so yeah we left no we went we went um we decided yes first oh yeah well that's what i said we started taking our sh shoes off we took our shoes yeah. off and then i said wait a minute man just they're, they're barely making the buckets of water because when you normally when you get there there's water already yeah the hot water is ready it's ready for you they're like ready for you it's ready for you before you even take your shoes off the water is ready and then you see these two guys which normally it don't take two guys to um to fill a bucket but and the front over there. desk woman, she's not even a masseuse. And she's yeah, but back they're over there talking. The three of them, you know, like you know, I don't, I don't know what she's talking about. She didn't put no appointment. <laughs> I don't know what what is she talking about? This lady did not put an appointment. They're saying Chinese. Yeah, no appointment. What is wrong with her? Yeah, I can't eat my lunch right now. <laughs> we just got the feeling there was some office talk going on, and we didn't want to be there, so we didn't go. Uh, we went back home. We went and had some tacos, and then we went back home. Some good. Oh, we had those tacos. burritos. Those oh, yeah. Badass burritos from Organics. Damn it. Those were good. Jackfruit burrito. If you ever get a chance, go to, if you live in the Eagle Rock area, go over there and order the jackfruit burrito. Yeah. And order one for your father with diabetes. It's, it's actually called the Barbacoa burrito. Yeah. Just go over there in Organics and um, Eagle Rock. It's on Colorado. Yes, they're trying to raise money to buy a new kitchen. Yeah, so it's, it's the Perez family. The Perez family. They it's are. a Latino-owned vegan restaurant with um, with um. It's really a vegetarian market, and it's in the a back, vegetarian market. They have a vegan deli, and uh, they make the best vegan food in LA. I have to say, it's the best. It's better than any. It's better than that overpriced sage. 
and I like seabirds a lot down there in Orange County, but um, up here in L.A., it's really a sad choice. Most of the stuff up here is sad. Plant Food for the People make good tacos too, but they don't have a regular, they have a truck now. They don't have a regular spot. But um, And they just make tacos as far as I know. But Organics is the best. And that jackfruit burrito, the barbacoa burrito is bomb. And there's so much food. This isn't one of those mission-style burritos. Yeah. Anyway, so that was our uh, day. And then we went home, and I... Um, that was Wednesday? Or that was Monday. Monday. And uh, and then I started spotting that day. I started bleeding. Bleeding? Yeah. But it was mild, but it was starting. So I was like, okay, we're on our way. That's Did Monday. It- did it feel like contractions or no? It, and like? it feels. I felt a little cramping, like like period pains, right? Like in my ovaries, which is like my lower stomach. And then um, that was Monday, Tuesday, uh, Monday night. I woke up at like four in the morning, Tuesday morning, and I had contractions. Remember, I told you that, I, and you said you should have woke me up, but you were out. And I didn't want to wake you up. But I had painful contractions in my cervix. All men say they should have woke me up, but they didn't really want to wake up. <laughs> I didn't get that sense from you. Nah, I didn't, I didn't want to be there. No, I just had the the heating pad on my stomach, and I was just kind of rolling around in bed a little bit. Heating like, pad, uh, left and right, and then just kind of relieving. But they was coming on time, and then you, they stopped by the morning. Then we went and had that meeting with the writer. We had breakfast with that guy, and then we had um, we went home for a walk. And long walk, long walk. And then when I went to go pick up Isaac from school Tuesday afternoon, I was feeling um, like I had to go back home. I couldn't go to the grocery store because I was in too much pain. And that that was like labor contractions. This was really no different pain-wise than a natural labor, except I think it was more difficult because... When you're pregnant with a full-term baby, the baby is heavy. So the baby keeps coming down throughout the, the labor process, you know. And, um, and the uterus with every, uh, well, okay, so the baby keeps coming down. And the head keeps pushing against the cervix. So it gets more and more full and full of pressure down in that area, right? Um, but with the miscarriage... It was just pain of opening the door and nothing coming out, right? Opening the door to the uterus and nothing coming out. It's like a upside, you know, it's like a balloon. The cervix is at the bottom and it's just opening, opening, opening. And then all this stuff at the top just starts to come out. The placenta, the sac, blood, water. And um, so after I got back home, after picking up Isaac, I lay down and then... Um, like an hour later, gush. Everything came. What gush? Everything gush, like blood and pieces of stuff, like the um, remains, pieces, pieces of the placenta, and then a placenta. Mm-hmm. The placenta. All the placenta came out. You saw it. It came in pieces. Yeah, but there was one big piece. Before Thursday, it was a lot of pain. It was blood and, and contractions. Yeah. Yeah, I forgot about that. Wow, I can't believe three days passed since the massage day. Because um, when uh, we went to go record What's So Food podcast with Rodrigo, you didn't go. I didn't feel like going, right? Hell no. You didn't go and you slept. You were sleeping a lot. Yeah, I laid down. And I kept checking on you. Yeah, I forgot about that. The whole day was gone. 
Yeah, the whole Tuesday was a blur and Wednesday. Yeah, and then Thursday we had breakfast and walked, and then that's then when the started. contraction started. So it was really about before a, Isaac an hour. came home. Yeah, it was like happened before picked, noon. Yeah, when I picked him up, no, no, no. When I picked him up from school, it was hardcore because I was supposed to go to the grocery store after I picked him up, but I couldn't continue. I had to come back home because it was too painful, and I just had to lie down. I couldn't move around. I wasn't thinking it was going to be like that, like gush, like uncontrollably, but. It did. I'm glad I got home. So I'm I'm laying there, and then it starts to coming out, and um. And then I don't know why I decided to reach down at that point because a lot of stuff had come out of me, but I reached down and caught. I was sitting on the toilet, and I caught the um the sack with the baby in it. Something told me to reach down and and uh, catch. The next thing that came out, and that was the baby. Are you crying? No, I'm not. Then she come and goes. She come and goes see it. Well, first I was freaking out about everything that was coming out of me. Did you know, like, what made you say, "Oh, I gotta catch this"? I don't know. Something in my because there there had been pieces of stuff that had came that had come out, and then I uh, I just said I. I should catch the next thing because the baby might be in there. And I had read a little bit about some women were able to see the baby. As gross as that is, it it does provide some sort of closure, you know. And uh, so I reached down and I caught the little sack. And I could see this was different because there was something white inside the, the red. And it was attached to this clot, which sounds gross. But anyway, so I... But I was standing in the bathroom, like going through this. And then you, I heard your footsteps outside the bathroom. So I said, "Do you want to? I think I see the baby. Do you want to see it?" And you popped your head in. And you were like, "Oh, that's so sad." <laughs> and you walked back out. But yeah, I don't I know so how. S- I don't know how much you saw. I saw the whole thing. I was so did sad. Did you see the baby? Yeah, I did. I was so sad. I couldn't take it. I ran out, and I put but, and, and I put my um. I, I turned into like me crying because my dad beat me or my mom beat me. Like when I was six, and I just ran and got my face in a pillow, and I just screamed like "ah," Aww. and I was so sad. And I just like I had this moment of just sadness. Sometimes when I think about it, I still get sad because I saw it. Yeah. But I wanted to see it, you know. Yeah. But I saw I saw little eyeballs. Yeah, it was tiny. Little, it looked like an alien. It did look like an alien. It looked like one of those um, potato bugs. It was sad. It was like a little tiny little guy. Yeah. I have my penis on it. <laughs> I didn't see any penis on no. it. I honestly think the size of it and the fact that there were no bones. Um, he was big, huh? No, he was about maybe the size of my thumb. But you could tell, like, it's a. It's, well, but well, you could it tell had it, little it, arm buds. It was sad. It was and so little sad leg to watch. buds, but no bones. Sad. So that's why I think it was only really six weeks of growth, yeah. seven weeks. Because at nine weeks, if it had really been it nine so weeks, sad. it would have had more of a skeleton. And, but yeah, it was. And then you don't know what to do, you know, as a man, you don't know, like, um, like more like a husband, if you're a husband, you know, you don't know what to do. You're like, what should I do? Should I stay here? What you, cause as a, as a husband, like you feel like, cause your dad did it, his father did it. Like mm-hmm. you, you feel like you gotta be the provider when. Or when, you have to solve the problem. You gotta solve the problems, yeah. you know? And so I, I try not to solve the problem all week, you know, but it was tough cause it wasn't a, Maybe I should send this chick to the hospital or whatever, or I don't know, you know. 
I'm pretty sure if I was going to church more, I would have said, man, let's just take her to the priest. This is what he could do. <laughs> you know, let's take her to a curandera. You know, let's, let's go to Greek. Let's go to Griffith Park. Drape pig blood on her. You know, maybe it'll come out, it'll come out at midnight. You know, so many things, you know, you want to do, you know, to help your the person you love because they're hurting. But, you know, just sat there <clears throat> and waited. Yeah, I tried to get through the contractions. The contractions were very then, intense while I was getting rid of all the material out of my uterus. It was... A lot of blood. It was a lot of blood. And it was more I was, blood than the OJ trial. <laughs> I don't know about that, but it was <laughs> nah, a lot of... that much blood. It was a lot of... Um, it was a lot of stuff, but it was also, uh, I was in so much intense, it, it wasn't, I can't say it's pain because it's not like I'm being stabbed. It's just this thing I want to stop. I want this annoying, dull ache to stop, you know, and it's, it's like happening so frequently that I can't rest even. So I would, I try to take the pressure off by getting on my hands and knees and stuff and and, um, That's when you were. This is after you had it already. I had the yeah same day. The baby came out about an hour after it started, and then pieces of the placenta continued to come out, and then just blood and clots and stuff. But then you went to the bathroom rather right? when you. And then I went to the bathroom. We have again. two bathrooms. Yeah, I went to the other bathroom, and uh, and you came and I had well okay, more personal stuff. I had to have a number two. At the same time, I'm going through my miscarriage, and I everything. I think it was those two functions happening at once. And then after I got, you came in and checked on me. That's like when me when I was a kid. I don't know if I got to pee or take a shit. <laughs> so I'm standing peeing, and I said, "Oh shit, I got to shit now." <laughs> so I'm I'm dumping, taking a dump, and peeing on my socks. <laughs> yeah, so but I, I'm, not, I'm sure not. It was not that painful. So, Yours was probably more painful and more embarrassing. Yeah, and then you walked in, and I was like, "Oh, just I'm fine, I'm fine." And so you left, and then that's when I blacked out and I fainted. And I yelled, out, "You're right! <laughs> what you drop now? What you but, break?" But I'm glad you yelled out because I yelled out loud. I was like, "Huh? Oh, I'm just here on the floor. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm just laying on the floor." <laughs> but just I laying here, having contractions. <laughs> I thought I had lied down to like. You know how when you're like you have a hangover or something, you want to lay on the cold floor of the bathroom, or I don't know. That's how I felt, but I I really had passed out for a second, and um, and I hit my head on the door, and uh, it was it was really a roller coaster nightmare day, and then the next day it's like nothing happened, but it did. It was really a scary experience, and um. I'm glad I went through it the way I did, but I'm really lucky I was at home when it happened. And I'm lucky you were, you were home when it happened because I didn't expect it to be like that. Nobody really tells you how to have a miscarriage. You know, it's not in the guidebooks anywhere. I know. Like, what, are you gonna, what if you're at Disneyland and I say, oh, shit, sorry, Mickey, but oh, yeah. I mean, I'm about to be lead on your hat. <laughs> what if I was driving to pick you up at the airport, you know, which happens a lot. I do that like once a week. I'm driving to get you at the airport mostly. Because some, some of the times, like, you had to run huh, to the bathroom. Oh, yeah. I couldn't even make it between the living room and the bathroom. I think that, that was um, that day. That, did, you have, did you have it that night that Isaac took off and you couldn't yeah, say goodbye? that was all Thursday. Thursday night, right? Yeah. yeah, and then he was scared because his dad showed up to pick him up after 
dinner and then I was like, I just, I'll see you tomorrow. Yeah, it was scary and it was like a scary roller coaster ride and it's over. We went to the doctor though. We went to the doctor the next day because um, I had called him the night Friday before. Friday morning. Yeah, I called him Thursday night when it was happening and I was asking him like, you know, warning signs of when I should go to the hospital. And he figured since I had already had the sack that now it was just easy stuff because once, you know, he said, if the sack has come out, then you're just really, you don't have much left to pass. So, um, yeah, I, he wasn't concerned about that. And, and the next day, although he couldn't really give me full advice over the phone because he doesn't, He's not taking my vital signs or anything like that. He's just going off what I'm telling him. But the next day when we came in for the ultrasound, everything was gone. And he said, everything looked fine. He said, I passed down probably not because of loss of blood, but because of the, the stimulation of the vagus nerve. Whatever happened to vagus stays in vagus. <laughs> so, yeah. Yep. That was my miscarriage story. But it's over, and um, now we're going to try again soon. As soon as the bleeding stops. <laughs> well, there's, a, there's a little bit left of that, yeah. I, mean, I, I could just, I'm just imagining, like, my mom having a miscarriage. You know, she probably had miscarriages. I don't know if she did or not. She never told us. But I could just picture my dad right there going, Ya, cabrona! Ya, quiero cagar! My dad outside the bathroom saying, I gotta take a shit. You were there fucking crying. Come on, we're gonna have another one. <laughs> we got six others. I got six others. <laughs> well, how do these women deal with it? Like, in, um, cause, um, you know, in the, in like, in, uh, when we're watching that, remember we're watching that, that show, The Nick? The Nick. And, and it's about old media. Anyways, before we get to that, you gotta li wa listen to this. The tools they use. To for the doctor to go into the vagina and then insert insert the the other tube. What's it called? The one when they see inside the ultrasound. The, the um, ultrasound. The ultrasound. Yeah, that's the only thing that technology has helped is the ultrasound. But that clamp to open your vagina is still for medieval times. That's what I was saying in the first podcast. Yeah, was, I talked about the speculum. I know, man. But Felipe saw it the other day. I saw it, man. <laughs> and I'm like, God damn. I know, there's a screw in there, like a vice. Like a it vice. opens a it pussy up. pussy vice. <laughs> Except it opens instead of clamping. But yeah. I wonder they, they thought that as sex toys. I don't know, man. I they bet, gotta. Look, guys invented these things. So... I don't know why a woman, a female doctor, hasn't gone. We, we've got to. There's got to be a better way. I know. We use hands this time. <laughs> well, they use hands too, but you'd think there'd be some innovation. Yeah. In so, <clears throat> in those, I bet in the 1800s, a woman had a miscarriage. No matter, you know, because you know, like the doctor told us, you know, the baby is is dead inside. Or sometimes they didn't even know the body would just eventually. Then, so a woman had a, a, an abortion. You from a king you evil bitch you know or or stuff that they'll, they'll think she's a witch mm -hmm. or they'll just burn her or that's it she's done we don't need this woman no more throw her in the trash i'm pretty sure that was that's how it went down back then huh a lot of women got called out because they were the ones that who were having an affair with some guy and the guy and she wanted to she wanted more than just the sex 
you know how girls get you know yeah and then psycho uh, <laughs> what guys call psycho the but, good old uh, days when you had a side <laughs> chick getting pissed off you put her in the asylum but yeah <laughs> but then they would call her out as a witch did you ever see the crucible yeah play? i heard of it yeah uh, i was in that play actually that was what's his face um arthur miller so the so a woman had a miscarriage back in the days. They would think she's an evil woman. Huh? Like it was, it was God's will to punish this family. Because yeah. that's what my family would think too. Something like that would happen. Yeah, yeah. It's a curse, Lisa. Your mom would say she's cursed. She did something. You know, it's the old Daniel curse. I mean, women were, were wanted for their fertility in the past. They wanted men wanted to marry a woman who was going to give them a family. They didn't, they didn't hang around woman. the family, but they wanted to prove their virility. I know. What, I remember, like you watch movies. She can't give me a man. She gives me pure, pure women. Oh yeah, she gives me girls. I can't get a man with her, so I gotta find me another girl. Meanwhile, that bitch gave me another girl. Meanwhile, the the ability to create the boy or girl comes from the guy. It comes really? from the dad. Yeah. It's all up to the dad's chromosome. That's the one that's going to change it into a male or female. That's not like a new weed strain. Bro, I got the new chromosome <laughs> chronic. This motherfucker make you have two vaginas. <laughs> so I'm glad we're... How do you feel now? Ready to go at it or what? I feel... Oh, I don't know about that. Mm, surrogate? Nah. <laughs> Lisa said we should have get a surrogate. Surrogate what? Remember when you said that we couldn't have sex? Yeah. You said, I'm thinking about a surrogate. Sur what do you think that means? Like someone has has your baby for you. I was joking about oh. a sex surrogate. Oh, no. Nah. Because I'm I good. couldn't have sex with you during that time. Surrogate. Did you hear that story about that woman? I don't want to have a surrogate. I'd rather adopt if we really want a baby. Yeah. That bad. Did you hear about that woman that... um? Some single man, I guess some rich man, that was her surrogate, this woman. And um, when he, it was, she was supposed to have a baby from this guy as a surrogate. And I don't, I don't know when, I think the doctor told her she has five kids in there or four or three. Oh, she, so they implanted a bunch of embryos. No, they didn't implant them. They, they, um, she was a surrogate for this guy mm -hmm. and he had paid her whatever to hold his baby, but. Later on, when she found out, he found out that she's having twins um, or, or triplets. I don't know what it was. Yeah. She's having more than one baby. Yeah. Maybe he said, "I can't afford that many babies. Yeah. You're gonna have to abort it." Yeah. No, I didn't know what I wanted. You know, as a surrogate, I, this is not what I wanted. So she had them, the babies, and as soon as they were born, they took them away from her immediately and gave them back to the guys. So now they're fighting for it. Hmm. She's fighting to get those babies back. Because, because she was pro, she was pro choice. She was pro life. Yeah, she was pro life, and she said, "No, no, no, I, I, I cannot abort these three babies, whatever, two babies, whatever they were." Because the guy didn't want no babies after all. He goes, "He can't afford them all," so they're fighting it. I look it up. Well, what happens? That's what probably happened is when you. I don't know if he used her eggs or if he used another woman's egg. Her eggs. Okay, so her eggs. I don't know. So she must have been taking fertility pills then to have. Multi or fertility shots to have multiples like that. Well, maybe she was, but that's not the that's not the original plan. Yeah, right. But that happens though in a lot of fertility treatments. That's why you see people with like quintuplets and all that because they have 
um, the woman is receiving so many hormone treatments to create, uh, to become more fertile, then it like kicks into overdrive. And then other times they'll, they'll freeze embryos and they'll implant the embryos in the mom and they'll implant like three or four because some of them die and then all of them end up living, you know, cause some of the embryos die off naturally. So they put them all in to increase the chances and then they end up sometimes all of them living. Anyway. Interesting. Interesting. I hadn't heard that case yet, though. I thought you knew. Did not know about that one. Look it up. <laughs> we were going to talk about uh, the advice you gave your daughter. I don't know. Jobs. You know what I'm talking about that? I don't know. I can't talk about a job after a miscarriage? I know. What else do you want to talk about? We should have started off with that. I'm still on miscarriage mode. Okay. Keep on then. What else besides that? I don't know. That's why I'm asking you. But see, I just don't know how to get into that right now. I'm okay. still thinking about the miscarriage. Right. I'll wait. Huh? I'll wait. Wait for what? I don't know. I don't have another topic right now. You didn't take notes? The work stuff. I'm just saying that's what we were talking about. When, um, when, uh, in that, in that show, Nick, when they were just practicing, you know, having abortions there, mm -hmm. it's 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 weird, man. That they didn't know about germs and stuff like that. Yeah. And um. And the interns, you know, the interns and Nick. Mm -hmm. Some of them were fresh off medical school, and um, there was not there wasn't really like a um, like like they do now, I guess, like a bunch of scrubs, you know, following a doctor. Yeah. It was like you just went. Straight to the operation room, mm -hmm. and you, you know, there was always a lead doctor. Remember the 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 black doctor? Mm -hmm. He was interning, you know. And the guy said, "Well, I'm never going to be a a full time doctor. You know, he's going to be interning for his whole life." Mm -hmm. And I goes in that interning, you know, and a lot of a lot of kids now, you know, including my kids, you know, and maybe um, your son, you know, they don't know that, you know, that. That you really have to nowadays, like, and I knew this in high school, but I didn't want to do it, okay? Um, intern, you know, or work for free for experience. I did not, I did not get that, you know. I, maybe I still don't. Maybe that's why it's hard for me to explain it to my kids in words, which I'm, I'm, I'll give, I get the best advice in text messages, man. <laughs> But the words don't come out. You need to write a book, text message, text parenting me through text parenting messages. Parenting text messages, Tuesday, <laughs> 2016. Um, so my daughter, you know, she's trying to get into this into this job, you know, and she has bills, like we all have bills. And she told me she might get, I think we, I talked about it on What's So Food, but not in full detail. And... She said that she got this one job where she might be an intern and and this other job that might pay. So I told her that intern means no pay. She said, well, I can't fucking do that shit, man. I got to pay my bills. Then I takes her back. Well, we all have bills. The whole world has bills. But if you, you should just look for another job on the side when you take this internship because if they like you, going to eventually keep you maybe it's just a test mm -hmm. 
And um, and I try to see it, put it another way, the way I see myself doing things now. I try to look at it as um, free experience. You know, free on the work training. On the job you, training. On the right. job training. You could take somebody out, you know, use this as a stepping stone. Just like that black doctor on Nick, you know. Mm-hmm. And then he started his own hospital for black yes. people down in the he basement. He said, yeah. you know, he goes, you know, it's, it goes, it's like the old thing. You knew the job was going to be tough when you took it, mm-hmm. you know. But he knew that that um, black doctor knew that, you know, this guy is going to be an asshole with me. But you know what? He's the fucking best. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to be learned by the best, you know. You know, I'm new at this field. It's new for my people. But I'm gonna stick stick around, and a lot of a lot of people won't stick around like that. No, you know to get, and a lot of speaking about interning, um, PRs in Hollywood end up being the worst asshole agents because they were treated like shit in an intern. Yeah, like well, they're usually like assistants. Yeah, assistant to the assistant, or like junior agents, and then they get to the top, and that's the whole swimming with sharks. Remember that movie with Kevin Spacey? Paper cuts. Yeah, and it's like uh, they just want to have that power over somebody else when they get the chance, and they're going to be a dick just as hard, if not worse, than the previous guy was to them. So, when I when I was looking for jobs, this is one of my when my kid was born, and that kind of kind of job, and I remember. Going to the unemployment office right here, right across the street from where we live, <laughs> and um, there was all kinds of stuff. Like I don't know what I, I think the word I keep popping in my head when I was trying to get into like maybe like carpenter, whatever. There was all these things that I could have got into, but I didn't get into them because I'm just not interested in that mechanics, <laughs> carpentry, plumbing, all these jobs I didn't like doing, and. And I didn't want to get into one because I know they don't pay right away. Like, like I can't just be a plumber. I gotta be a. I don't know if it's called a journeyman, an apprentice, apprentice. Yeah, these are the words. You're apprentice, then you're a journeyman, mm-hmm. right? And yeah. then when you are an employee, yeah. Well, then I you're a master or something. Yeah, and I think you could start your own business. At that yeah, point. that's what it yeah. was. But did man? That's why I, I can never. That's like why I never a- could be a Jedi, man. You know, be no apprentice, man. <laughs> so you gonna tell me, man? I'm gonna walk around with that fucking wooden staff. <laughs> Where everybody around here has a fucking real lifesaver. <laughs> Come on, man. Just give me a fucking lifesaver. <laughs> no, man. We're going to give you a wooden staff till you learn the way of the worst. Listen, man. <laughs> I use my fucking, put my baby hand in front of his face. <laughs> give me the lifesaver. <laughs> then next thing, I'm wearing a dress. <laughs> what happened? Oh, shit. I tried to talk my way into getting a lifesaver again. <laughs> Because then I, I could just see myself not wanting to be an apprentice. I'm, even if I had all the force, I know that I'm the chosen one. I'm like, nah, man, this fucking, I don't know, man, Obi-Wan is on my ass right now <laughs> about sweeping, you know. And I told that motherfucker, give me a lifesaver. <laughs> and then Felipe, think about it. Because they would show you photos of people who, and I could just, I could just picture them showing me photos of people who are not ready to open up a lifesaver. Like people who open up the lifesaver in front of their face. <laughs> Bizarre. He was not the chosen one. He opened up the lightsaber in front of his face. That's funny. But everybody starts off like that. Did you work? Did you work a lot for free? How how would you tell that to your son? Like, like you know, he's smart, and I, I know sometimes like like he's like me, man. I'm the kind of guy that buys a video game and 
the, there's a there's instructions on the paper. Sometimes they will give you instructions, a little pamphlet. When I sold the game, the pamphlet was still in there. <laughs> yeah, Isaac never looks at instructions either. No, uh, I would tell him I, I did work for free a couple times. Uh, I think the thing that was most similar was so stupid, but it was um, I didn't have any. I wanted to wait tables. I was uh, when I was in college and I was going to move to New York. I was moving from Dayton, Ohio, making four twenty-five an hour to New York City, right? So was it in the seventies? No, this was nineteen ninety-four. I remember getting paid four twenty-five an hour, going, "Damn, I made it!" <laughs> I know. But I was making four twenty-five an hour at this uh, at work study, actually, which wasn't even full time. This was in college, so I was working for a professor doing research for him. That turned me off too, man. What? When I was going to community college. What? When I see all job openings and they're all work study. Oh yeah, because all my classes were not classes you could, we want you could study to like gym. No. I was a con artist, man, because I joined community college just to to, to get a job. How? Because you go there's jobs at the community college campus. Oh, you joined college. The, so the you employment apply for corner. Those? Oh wow! So I applied for college and I, I got gym and English twenty one, which was the street, the easiest. The only English class that my education could qualify was easy as fuck. And then I went to apply, and that's where I got my job at Rapid. R- is UPS? RPS. RPS, yeah. RPS, Rapid. Package Systems or something yeah, like that. I worked with them, and I got that job because I, was, I applied. Man, I'm, I used to be good, man. <laughs> I would tell my friends that too. Listen, man, you want to get a job? Go apply to community college. Take gym. And, get, and after that, go to the comedy, go to the community, go to college, employment, and they'll fucking hire you, bro. You yeah. can find any job. UPS. I would always tell my friends, if you want to work for UPS, do not go to the UPS office. <laughs> and if you're listening here right now and you have kids who want to work at UPS, it's a hard job. But this is the way you, the only way you're going to apply at UPS. Without you, knowing somebody. Without knowing somebody. There's a lot of listings for UPS at the, at the fuck, at the, at, um, at, um, Unemployment office, but they know those people that apply at the unemployment office to go to UPS. They're not worth it. They're not worth it. They're over thirty or five years old. You know that those people cannot, and the kind of they're not the kind of people that are, get, that are used to being yelled at. <laughs> UPS life hire is like the armed forces. They like to hire young eighteen-year-olds, malleable brains, people who could work four hours of hard core work. Because in the beginning, UPS hires you for four dollars, four hours a day, for back for right now it's probably fifteen dollars an hour probably to probably. to unload packages back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And there's a guy at UPS like a drill sergeant. Come on, man, get a flow going. Because see, when you're unloading packages, they like it when the ba- the boxes are touching each other. So I mean, there's a flow of movement together. Like if they see gaps between the boxes, they know you're lagging, you know. So you gotta unload it. And you gotta unload, it. and there's a guy passing by, or manager going, "Come on, man! Come on, man! We gotta, we gotta get this out of here! Come on, man! Come on, come on, man!" And the whole time you're there, man, you're breathing dust, okay? Because these boxes come in dusty from wherever the fuck they loaded them from. They're dusty. I used to fucking, I remember sneezing, dirt. <laughs> Oh my god! So I lasted that job maybe nine months. 
Yeah, so to Jutari kids is go tell them go apply at East LA College or any community college in America and then go to the un- the employment office inside the college. And there's a big old UPS sign that says hiring college students. Reasonable college hours. Work four hours a day, study all night. Work the grave shift, study all morning. And there you go, man. And if you could stick around, man, working those four-hour shifts, every, let me tell you, every birthday you have on your birthday, the day you started work, it's always going to be a holiday. No matter what, if you don't take a vacation, your day is going to be a day off. And um, if you stick around for that, nobody at UPS works eight hours unless you're a driver, by the way. If you're not a driver, you're not going to work eight hours. You start off at fucking four hours an hour. And I know all this because I was making four twenty five an hour as a security guard <laughs> watching these motherfuckers work. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> so if you stick around there, you know, if they like you, you become a driver. A driver delivering shit. You're making big bucks. But this is how they test you, man. When you're a loader, it's different from unloading. Loading is for people who are sharp. And I'm not sharp. Because they put me at loading one time, and I said, I just started loading boxes. But sometimes they want you to look at the zip code on the fucking box that goes into that truck. Because that truck might be going to Atwater Village. So only they get Atwater, Silver Lake, and maybe Glendale area of mail. And that UP, <laughs> that, that those are going to the UPS in Glendale, who are going to deliver. For Silver Lake and that water and Flint Ridge, whatever, this area. And sometimes these fucking asshole supervisors will put in a box that might maybe going to you going to Boyle Heights. You know, and that that fucking box does not belong in that fucking truck. And my dumbass, I never look at the fucking zip code. I trust to everybody. And it's not my job to look at the fucking zip code. So I'm just trying to load these boxes. So I'm loading it, loading it. Then the stupid ass supervisor comes in right after that shit's halfway full. Um, did you, did you check all the boxes? Yeah. Are you sure? Yes, man. Look at that. I'm almost done. Well, then classic to, Felipe. To, then, um, <laughs> it was perfect, man. It was like I was playing, I was playing human Tetris with those fucking boxes. <laughs> so they found out that there was a, a box there that was supposed to go to Florida. And some other your, shit. Your so I'm back to unloading, which is a kickback job. <laughs> Yeah, I uh, I had a shitty at work, huh? Yeah, I had a couple jobs. I, well, I so I went. I was uh, doing work study. Work study though, when work study is actually financial aid, a form of financial aid where you get um, a job and you can work. You get minimum wage. You get a job at school somewhere, maybe in one of the offices or whatever. This was the psych department that I worked in. So then um, you apply for this job and they hire you and they pay you with financial aid money. So you're not paid. So you have limits on how much you can work for the whole quarter of school because it's determined by the, what, how much money the government gave them to pay for an employee. So they basically are not paying any of their own budget on an employee. The government is paying them to pay me. You know what I mean? So that's what work study is. Sound like a Ponzi scheme. <laughs> I have to apply for work study every quarter, 
in addition to my financial aid. But it's all like one big portion. But anyway, so I was trying Isn't to get three jobs. Isn't that strange how that money, you could easily, they could easily give it to you. Yeah, they don't want to just give it But there's loopholes to, yeah. to getting it, you know. That's why, that's why if Bernie Sanders, not to talk about politics, but when he thinks about he couldn't give everybody free education and just think about all these extra loopholes. Because somehow there's kind of free education now if you know how to work the system. And I did. My undergrad was all free because of – well, I had some scholarships that were small, and then I had financial aid. But the, the college was not going to give you all this money unless you apply for it and there's in different ways. Because you said that you lost – if you're good – I'm pretty sure if I wanted to get more, further my education, I probably would have got more scholarships. Because you said you wrote, a, you wrote an essay? I wrote an essay. I got like a scholarship for women going into science fields because I was going into pre-med when I first – You were going to be um, a doctor. I wanted to be a doctor. And so – I was going to go into pre-med my first um, year, and so um, I I applied on this uh, women in science. So I had to show – I had to take – I took a lot of science in uh, high school. Science! And I had to enroll for two science courses, I think, the first quarter or the first uh, two quarters or something, and then I could get it. So then I got like uh, $2,500 for that, and then I got uh, – Damn. I got another scholarship for theater because um, I had gone to a theater magnet, a school that had a theater magnet um, attached to it, and it was um, it was like some sort of arts thing. That was fifteen hundred dollars. But then I got like um, I got financial aid also because we had no money in my family, so I got as I got the maximum that was allowable. Plus I got, I got work study on top of that. So I was able to work, I think it was 20 hours or 15 hours a week for that professor. And then I worked in the psych department too. <coughs> and, um, so yeah, I was trying, but you can't make money. You just make us, it's basically like, here's this much that Lisa's going to make this quarter off work study, but she has to work for it. Yeah. They already allotted it to me through the department who was going to pay me. It is a loophole, but they're just basically trying. Everybody wins. The school gets somebody to work for them and all that, so without paying them. So, yeah, but I worked a lot of free, kind of free jobs, or I worked, I remember when I wanted to wait tables because I knew I needed to make more money before I moved to New York, and I wanted to wait tables, but I'd never done it before. And so I took a busser job, and boy, that is a job where you get shit on by everybody. You get no respect as a busser. Busser is the person that picks up all the dirty plates? Yep. You pick up the trash and the dirty plates and you carry stuff. You basically are also a gopher for the waiters. Although I never treated the bussers that way when Coffee, I was a please, waiter. Coffee, please, Juan. Never, never, never. I always... The thing is, all the bussers I ever knew in New York... Um, had knives. No. <laughs> Not that one guy had a gun. <laughs> Damn. A little guy, Frankie. Oh, but I never treated busters like that. I, that was ridiculous. We, but all the busters that I knew, they all had other lives in the countries they came from. They the were, ones in New York. They were generals. No, there was a cop who had come from Mexico City. He was a cop. And <laughs> then um, and then he's a busser. And then there was this other guy who was a pharmacist in Bangladesh. And he was a busser in New York City. I'm like, these are like, you know, 35, 45-year-old men. And they still get called a bus boy, you know, and they get treated like bus men sounds nothing. weird. Nothing, busser is the word, but but it's uh, 
it's a thankless job. And uh, I sliced, I have a scar on my leg from where I sliced my leg on my first day as a buster because there was a broken bottle sticking out of the, the bar trash. I had to take all the trash out. I had to do everything. But I worked my ass off in that job. And my boss recognized it. And see, that's my strength is I'm a hard worker and people will notice. And I know the right people will notice and I'm working hard. What are you looking at me like that for? <laughs> I'm just joking. Like but I'm a boss. <laughs> you are my boss, but but I know I know that people will notice that I'm I'm doing a good job, so my work will speak for itself and eventually I'll get promoted. I've always <clears throat> grown that way in work. And um so this guy was funny though, because it felt like um office space when he's having a meeting with her about her flair and stuff. Yeah. Um it just felt like a lot of that stupid bullshit where you just don't care about this job. But I needed this job so badly because I was trying to make money to save to move to New York. And he sat me down. He said, you know, I look at you working and I realize that, you know, I like to think of everything's like baseball because he coached his kids' baseball teams, right? Everything's like baseball. And I don't have my best players playing the right positions. So then that was how he was just going to make me a waiter, right? But it was a big, long speech about how hard I was working and everything. Who, the Yogi Berra? I don't know why. He sat me down like he was coaching me. I was like, all right, you could have just said, do you want to wait tables? But anyway, that's when I started making the right kind of money. But but yeah, it, took, it takes a long time. You have to prove yourself. And I, I think <clears throat> I would tell Isaac the same thing you told your daughter, that you have to... Do it now before you get too old to it's, start thinking yeah. about going to do that shit. Because what else are you going to do? Like, this is what I was trying to, when you were talking about your nephews, too, before they were working and, you know, having steady jobs. It was like, if and they're like, oh, I don't want to work for free. Well, if you're not working for free, you're going to sit on your ass for free. Yeah. Right? Wouldn't you rather pick up some experience along the way? Um, something you can use for the future or even at that company. You know, that company, it's cheap to hire an intern because you're not paying for health care. You're not paying for hourly wage. You're not paying for anything. So you don't lose any money if this person doesn't work out in two weeks. You know, you don't have to have any, like, real paperwork other than, like, the school paperwork or whatever it's required. So I'm all for internships. And some people changing careers, they save money so that if they do get laid off, they can do an internship in another field without, you know, killing themselves with a lack of money. Nobody has nothing to fall back on no more. What? Maybe I don't. <laughs> what do you mean nothing to fall back on? Like, what do they have? Like, people who are like, um, I don't know. I don't know. I lost myself. <laughs> yeah, but. <laughs> I don't feel like this episode is flowing. I think it is. You're just not flowing. I know. It's flowing. Okay. Like your miscarriage is flowing. <sighs> hey, now. Watch out now. That's horrible. Yeah, it is. Sorry. I was just trying to add humor to the podcast, <laughs> the Enchilada Casserole podcast. Oh, man. It was a tough week, though. It was a tough week. We're late on a podcast. Yeah, everything got backed up. We're not flowing. <laughs> We're not flowing. I think it's flowing well. What do you guys think? Thank think you. My brother, uh, my youngest brother finally listened to the podcast david david listened to the no podcast. way yeah and he he commented 
Wait, he commented on the Facebook, and I sh- I tagged you so you could see the Lily Tomlin video. He put it on my timeline. I saw the Lily Tomlin video. Did you see I, it? No, I, I didn't. I didn't click, but oh, I saw it. But yeah. I remember you telling me. You never look at my posts. Sometimes, man, I ain't gonna lie. I get a, I get bugs. Yeah, but it's me sending it to you. I'm not gonna give you a bug. That's the, that was the one where the girl was freeloading at the shop. So yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Judith. So what do you say? Well, anyway, he so he put that up there, and I was like, oh, he listened to the podcast, and then he said, he put another comment up there. He's never on Facebook, but he said, oh, I got to the sad part about your, you know, I, I got to the sad part. I'm, I'm crying right now. I'm so sorry because he heard that we lost the baby, right? Oh. And then he said, um, I guess he got further into the episode where we talked about my dad and the abuse and everything. And he said, I'm, he said, thank you for, he said, now I'm, I don't know which part I cried at most because he heard the rest of the part. He said, I'm sorry you had to carry all that for all these years. He said, uh, thank you for putting it in such a way where I, uh, I would listen because I don't think I would have any other way, Yeah, you know? And so he, he listened to it, I think with an open mind. I didn't even know he was going to listen to it. So Johnny must have had him listen. But uh, <clears throat> and then he said, my mom's planning some letter for all of us to tell her side of the story. <laughs> oh, great. Can't wait to read that <laughs> on the podcast. She's working with Douglas Damper. <laughs> She's trying to do some damage control through some letter. I don't know what. She listens to the podcast too? No, my mother doesn't know what a podcast is. She doesn't know how to use the internet. But how does does your brother know about these Well, my brothers have uh, confronted her about things after Johnny went and um, I guess after he talked to me and then he went to visit my dad. Oh, yeah, that was a photo of your dad looking like Matthew McConaughey with a cowboy hat, right? Yeah. Looking slick. (laughs) Your dad looks slick. (laughs) Slick. Your dad like my dad, man. Like, your dad the kind of dad like my dad. Like, my dad could walk me at the gas station. There's like five people he don't know. Next thing you know, he's just laughing with them. That's true. Like, just laughing with them, man. Yeah. He's saying goodbye, and he got like three free sodas out of it or something. (laughs) (laughs) Or a free map. That's, Something. That's true. But, um, yeah, so, so yes, he said my mom's writing a letter. But the thing is, I don't, um, I've never, I never, look, I've known the reason why my dad left this whole time. And I still supported my mom. I still stayed by her. I didn't, I just didn't believe her bullshit anymore. You know, it's not like I was ever going to stop wanting to be her daughter or I never hated her or whatever. I understood. These were two people who had a bad relationship. She was a bad person back then um, and didn't know how to handle her anger. I get that. I get that totally. And she just did, um, handled, it, handled it all wrong. But don't, you know, let's move forward. Don't make excuses for you know, justifying why you made the decisions you made. I don't need to know your excuses because there's no excuse for putting your hands on another person like that. There's no excuse for doing what you did. So 
I can move on. I could forgive you and move on and just go about our lives, you know, even though it happened. But I'm not going to say, okay, you were right for behaving that way. Nothing's going to make me say that because I know the truth. So I don't need a letter. There's no need for a letter. Just be normal. Just be a nice person. Right? Right. What am I asking? I'm not asking her to... I'm not asking her to, like, do penance for her behavior or anything like that. But I bet this letter is pretty hard to finish because you're admitting to some of the truth. Like, you're finally saying it out loud or in writing. I don't even know. What's this letter going to be about? Yeah, I'm waiting for the Nick to come back on. You've got to watch that show if you guys haven't seen that show. It's Clive Owen, right? Clive Owen, yes. As the main surgeon, the lead surgeon at this uh, Knickerbocker, New York hospital. It's one of the cheapest hospitals. Cheapest hospitals? Well, it's like the ghetto hospital in New York. No. Yes, it is. It was a widely revered hospital. They did a lot of good stuff there. No, but compared to the other hospitals on the show, it's not a real good hospital. I think they they did a lot of innovation and everything at that time. Just thought because so many people were dying on that table. No, everybody died back then. Nobody knew what they were doing. They did a lot of experimentation, and their surgical theater was one of the best that people would come to do they, see. Do they still have surgical theaters? They do for students, for new procedures and procedures that students can watch. They'll have the surgery. The first time I saw that was on a Seinfeld. Yeah, the junior mints. And then Kramer dropped the junior mints. <laughs> It's crazy, you know, how little time has actually passed um, since we started doing surgery on people. And and we didn't know much back then, you know? Or I shouldn't say how little time has passed, how, how little technological breakthroughs we've had for some things, you know? We talked about those instruments for gynecological work and stuff like that how they were all medieval and they still are but we haven't come very far i mean we still cut off body parts when you have cancer yeah yeah when my mom had cancer she was like i didn't know they still cut pieces of you off you know she had a mastectomy so like they just they still do that i was like yeah they still do that (laughs) but they cut the cancer out and then they do chemo and radiation that's just still what they do it's a good show so it's uh, an of the casserole that's a, a good show. Today. Very entertaining. Please subscribe <laughs> to the Enchilada Casserole. Write a review. Let us know what you think. Let us know if um, our show is provocative. <laughs> Let us know if this helps you. Hope it does help you because um, we don't know if we really want to talk about the miscarriage and the whole tr- trial that Lisa went through. And it was tough. Man, I don't know what to do. I know this is a weird episode where you jumping off the subject, but it was just tough because um, you really don't know what to do. You really, like, I, I guess, like I said um, earlier, I guess growing up, men, I guess we're supposed to be the providers, fix stuff. You know, sometimes there's, there ain't stuff to fix. Sometimes you just have to be there yep. and go, okay, you're going to be all right, mija. <laughs> Or just yell when you hear a big thud against yeah, the door. Yeah, man. Yeah. Hey, you all right? <laughs> just woke up the whole neighborhood. Wake right up now. the neighbors. I know. <laughs> sometimes I, I, I don't know why. I don't know. I yawn loud sometimes. I don't know why because I feel good. 
But to everybody else, I feel like somebody's dying in here. Somebody's stabbing you. Yeah, I get that st- good stretch, man. Sometimes you get that good yawn going. Yeah, thank you, show business, you fine ass bitch. Let me sleep till one. Let me sleep till one again. No, you never get to sleep till one anymore. You gotta get up early tomorrow. What time? Eight. At least I'm gonna get up at seven. Put the podcast up. Late. It is late. Well, it's late now. We started late. Yeah. It's a weird weekend for us. Getting we're ready, gonna, to, huh? But we're gonna go to New York. I was just about to say that we're getting ready to go to New York City. And I'm glad you had the miscarriage before New York. Me too. I'm kind of looking forward. I'm I'm really looking forward to. It. I haven't been back in. This will be um, 13 years since I left, and I have lived here longer in LA longer than I lived in New York. Me too. <laughs> I could show you around. I've been there more times. I, I haven't. I, it's going to be so different from when I was there. There has to be some stuff that's still the same, right? Yeah. I mean, I hope so. I don't think it's changed much. Well, since the, the first time I went there was when you were there, right? In 2001? Yeah, I left in 2003. I moved there in 95. Left in 2003. In April, actually. That's weird. This is exactly 13 years. This will be exactly because I came out here April first, two thousand three. Two thousand um, three. Wow, crazy! And now you're back. Now I'm back, and you know what? April is great. Spring and fall in New York are awesome. Any other, um, any other season sucks. Because in the winter it's fucking cold and windy, and your face feels like it's gonna break. Just yeah. walking down like two blocks. Huh? I know you get used to the cold weather and you're like, all right, it's today at 55. I know, that's warm. And then, uh, and, and summer is horrible too. You know, I used to take the train when I lived uh, in the East Village and I worked downtown. I would take the bus um, through Chinatown. And in the summer, Chinatown stinks. New York stinks really? in general. New York stinks like hot pee and, you know, grease. Denver and Seattle smell like pure piss. Yeah. Because people pull, a lot of the restaurants, they pour grease down the drains in the streets, the gutters. You can't do that? No. You're oh. not supposed to do that. But they do it early in the morning. And when I, uh, when you go through Chinatown, not only do they have grease poured down the traps, or the gutters, but they also have like rotting fruits and vegetables and fish, and it stinks. But you know what it is? And they'll open the bus doors, and it comes onto the bus, and then they close it. And we're trapped in there with that smell. It's piss, and whatever the homeless guy leave outside when they poop, and also trash juice gets out of that trash. Oh yeah, bag. trash juice. Yeah. Oh man, trash juice is horrible. Like it's you know, so like gross. when we leave the improvs, it all smells the same. I Why? know, man. It's outside and all that. Because they it's keep like putting sweet... more trash. It's like trash syrup juice. It's like a sweet smelling. It's like all the leftover and it's pouring down, smell. giving them rat steroids. <laughs> the rats eat that shit. They get yeah, big. Yeah, gross. Ugh. Ugh, ugh, ugh. Yeah, the gutters are gross in New York because I used to live near Fulton Street. Fulton Street was a promenade during the daytime. Um, and. This is close to the World Trade Center, about four blocks down. At night, the cockroaches all came out of the gutters, 
and they would just, they're huge cockroaches and they would just pour out of there downtown. It was so gross because people would drop food and like whatever throughout the day. And Don't was, come on and saw bootleg movies. It was a haven for roaches. It was so gross. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, we're going to do that. Uh, you're going to do the Hot 97 Jam. Hot 97 Jam, April 1st. In and out. And this week I'll be at the Tampa Improv. Yeah, Tampa. Uh, and the following week I'll be at? Um, uh, Abraham Chavez Theater in El Paso for and, one night on April 16th. The Comedy Central coming oh, March up. March 22nd um, is This Is Not Happening. Next week, no? Uh, two weeks. Two weeks. Wait, it is next week because this week you're going to Tampa. Yes. And then the 22nd, when you come back, the 22nd it'll air. Midnight. At midnight. It'll be after at midnight, I think. Yeah, right at 12.30. 12.30. And it's going to be, uh, this is not happening on Comedy Central. Closing it out, probably. Probably. Editing me out. It's a strong story. I think, they'll, I think they're going to put it right at the end to close it out. And then. Uh, we'll see what happens. Yeah. Just April is New York City. And then April 1st. After that, I'm gone all week. Every month. Every, every week, I'm gone. Every weekend, you're gone. All right, so that's the show for this week. And that's that. And that's that. I'll see you in May. <laughs> May. You'll be here a couple I'll see days you on each Mondays week. <laughs> and Tuesdays. Yeah, I'll see you too. And uh, and we'll have fun in New York. Oh, and our next podcast, I guess, is probably going to be us recording in New York City, right? During you our trip. Do that? Yeah, let's yeah, do, we that. Can do that. Yeah, we'll do that with your podcast. Yeah, we'll Berman. <clears throat> Berman is lady. Berman is going to be in new york for some reason coincidentally when we are <laughs> he brought a he now they're gonna be him third wheel he, a, he brought a girl with him so it'd be a couples <laughs> what happened to them we lost them i don't know <laughs> i gotta shake them in the city but yeah we'll um we'll, we'll record our podcast that was funny man because i don't know I, I would like to take a photo at that bar where they they they, they um a photo of me um Strangling Birdman <laughs> at the bar, the way they strangled um, at the Vesak bar, yeah. the Polish bar in yeah. New York, where they did Godfather too. <laughs> yeah, it'll be, it's gonna be fun. Maybe we have enough time. We have time to do those things. Yeah, we'll do. We'll do. Um, we'll record wherever we go and and are able to sit down and record, nice. and then we'll just cut it together. Welcome to New York, yeah, New used, York. We used the wrong song for this one, and. That one should be for next week. Oh, yeah. well. Oh, well. Oh, well. We'll, we'll, we'll change it. No. <laughs> Welcome to East Los. We got tacos and tortas and fake IDs. Welcome to East Los. <laughs> All right. All right. Goodbye. That's a wrap. Goodbye. See you guys next time. All right. Bye. Thanks for listening.